0: I will edit out shenanigans, I guess. <clears throat> anyway. Okay. Hello. Welcome to Human's Wellness Podcast. I have with us today my good friend, Emily Turner, who is a, I don't know, a wonderful person, a witch, a spiritualist, a person in long-term recovery. Anything else you'd like to add, Em?
1: Ah. <sighs> Uh, hello, everyone. I guess I would also say somebody who suffers from chronic illness. <laughs> yeah. You can add that to my uh, my list. Um, yeah, and just somebody who's trying to discover herself more and more and more.
0: Well, thank you so much for being here. I wanted to have a discussion about health and spirituality. Um, for those of you that don't know, I have autoimmune disease. I have Crohn's disease, which is an inflammation of the small intestine. I have ankylosing spondylitis, which is an autoimmune arthritis that causes an overgrowth overgrowth of bone in my joints. Only certain ones, though. And I have, like, a weird skin condition. Needless to say, in, like, 2017, I became chronically ill. And M, care to list your disorder? <laughs>
1: <laughs> We're like two peas in a pod. Um, in 20, what was that last year? So 2022, I suffered a stroke. And after the stroke, when I was able to go home, the headache and vertigo didn't stop. So we did another MRI and found out that I have Chiari. Chiari which is where the cerebellum in the back of your brain is slipping down into my spinal cord. I have suffered from headaches my entire life. And in high school, they told me my headaches were anxiety. Turns out that uh, my brain has been trying to escape for a really long time. And uh, yeah, and it creates some uh, autoimmune stuff. After the stroke, we found out that um, I have a genetic disorder called factor five, which causes blood clots and uh, is also something I have suffered from, I guess, for my entire life that didn't show up until, you know, I was in my thirties. And now I'm just dealing with like that aftermath of finding all of those things out in this last year. It's a lot. It's a lot. lot. It's so much. I think that
0: one of the reasons I like to talk about the physical health stuff so much, with you in particular, is because of your spiritual grounding. I feel like even though you've been in some low places with your physical health, that you maintain your spirituality, which is very admirable. And I think that there's probably a lot of people that need to hear. That even though your physical body may be failing you, you know, your spiritual soul doesn't have to.
1: I really, really like that. I had a few moments where I didn't think I would survive the idea that my body no longer worked um, the way it did before. And... I'm really, really grateful that I had a foundation or something to believe in. Um, I knew that how I thought about things would change, right? Whether I thought positively or negatively, that would become my reality.
0: Mm -hmm. And
1: I would not have survived this last year without being able to talk to you and, and join like forces in regards to having somebody who, who can relate, you lose people, you lose, you lose a lot when you become ill. And so to have somebody to confide in, I think matters, like, and you uh, saved me on so many of those occasions, not only like to be able to relate, but just to have somebody listen and not feel like they have to fix, save, or change it, right?
0: Yeah. It's hard. I mean, if you have an unfixable problem like a chronic illness, I think that, you know, at least in my experience when I started to get really sick, I didn't know anybody who was chronically ill. And so I went to Reddit and I joined a Crohn's disease subreddit and I got so much support from people who had a hard time getting out of bed or couldn't eat solid food when I had to be on, like, liquid-only diets for eternity. Like, it was hard, and I'm already really thin, and I didn't want to talk about it with anybody, and I just was like, shame, shame, shame. And I found a lot of support online. It was great. And I, I told you after you had your stroke, like, sorry that this happened to you, however... Um, <laughs> I, I'm relieved to have a friend who also sometimes has days where they cannot get out of bed. It's hard to be a doer and not be
1: able to do. That piece is devastating for me. <laughs> and, and to know another doer who like, can't like ha- has those days where you, I mean, my, what is it? my ability to see myself, my self-worth comes a lot from what I do for others, what I do physically. And so on those days where I can't do to have somebody to like understand that feeling of like complete and total powerlessness, like the self-worth goes down, how I view myself goes down. And, and then talking to another human saying yeah and you you didn't cause this this isn't this isn't a you problem it's not a you know failing
0: well it's hard too i mean it's accepting your new state of physical being that is not what it used to be is really really hard i think even on like a normal i don't know regular able bodied person scale It's very, very (laughs) hard to accept changes, especially about your physical self. And if you add in an illness that there is no cure for, barely a treatment for. Barely. Like, that is really hard. It is devastating to not be able to move my body the way that I used to be or not being able to eat deep fried food, as silly as that may sound. (laughs) It is hard to restrict myself in any way I hate restrictions and so you know I don't know it is I think that 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 piece of accepting your new present body the foundation at least for me the foundation that I had of uh, of having some sort of spiritual foundation definitely helped me through that um I didn't know what the hell was going on. I just knew that I wanted to be able to walk like I used to and that I no longer could.
1: That one, like, gets me in the feels really, really hard. That pre-body, the pre-illness body is, is something that, like, without that spiritual peace could take me down really really quickly to think mm-hmm. about all the things that i was capable of doing before i had the stroke before i found out all of these things that was wrong with me all of you know the the go-go going the playing with my kid um coffee working right like being able to drink enough coffee for it to work during the day um
0: for those of you that do not know when you're chronically ill you're literally so Fucking tired.
1: You're Exhausted. so tired. <laughs> so tired. Oh my god. <laughs> uh I am I'm grateful when I have to go and get um the blood test that uh caffeine is not being tested because I would be thrown in jail. Done. <laughs> like
0: this is my fourth shot of espresso that I have in my hand, y'all.
1: I am on my third cup of coffee.
0: We we rolling <laughs> out here
1: we're
0: rolling <clears throat> i mean what hap- what happens honestly is that you get you get dragged into this dark place i in the beginning of chronic illness um your friends start to go away the ones you thought would be there forever are gone you have this illness that nobody can fix and for whatever reason that really activates other people
1: Super. And I'm so fucking glad that you were there and that we had like joined forces right before, because that was one of the first things you told me. You were like, hey, people are going to leave and that's okay. And like you, you preempted me you, and validated that it was going to be painful for me. And when it happened and when that pain came and the darkness like consumed I, I had kind of a a knowledge because of what you had you know you had talked about with your illness and and the things that you went through and the people leaving and uh, and even with that though the darkness was still really really intense.
0: I mean, yeah, it definitely. <clears throat> I mean, it's a dark place to be, to be going through a lot and to be like, I feel so alone and nobody understands. And to a certain extent, that is true. But I, I think on the flip side, too, when people walk away and can't deal with chronic illness for whatever reason, 10 times out of 10, it has nothing to do with you.
1: Nothing.
0: And that took me a really long time to understand. I felt extremely victimized for a long time, which led to hatred in my heart. I don't even know another word for it. But when I let that go and I started to understand more that um, pretty much all of people's words and behavior have nothing to do with me.
1: Mhm. Yep. Uh, as somebody who also suffers from codependency issues to have people leave uh, and knowing, like I can know in the forefront of my brain that is, it's not a me thing. but. Because that could have been see, the back of my head is like I'm broken. People are leaving me, and to if, get if to only I more.
0: had done more for them, they would have stayed.
1: <laughs> and I just <laughs> listen, I I have gone overboard, so no, no more of that. <laughs> <laughs> I quit. I don't want to do mm-hmm. that no more. No, it's exhausting. <laughs> it is, but that spiritual piece of of going, like when you get alone. And you can go to your practice, whatever that practice is, right? Like I have an eclectic, I don't know what you would call it, belief system that gets me closer to, I know, nature, the earth. Um, And when I can connect to that and loneliness, like I'm not actually alone, right? When I felt like everyone was leaving, I wasn't actually alone. I just needed to remember to connect.
0: I mean that's that's one of the hardest things is to be reminded that <clears throat> although you feel so alone, you know it's it's hard, especially because you know you have a a rare condition and ankylosing spondylitis is rare as well. And so, like, I don't I know one other person physically who has or two other people who have ankylosing spondylitis. Zero women because it's so rare in women, which is fine. It's fine. Uh,
1: I know. <laughs> Two people with Kiari. Um, one is a male who ha- doesn't really get affected by it. Um, yeah, the
0: men that I know aren't highly affected by this disorder either. So, right, that's nice for you.
1: And and then I know another woman um, who was really amazing when I found out. Like uh, we grew up together, and and I absolutely adore her. And she has gone through one surgery that's failed, and she's like. And, and for Chiari, it looks like a open brain surgery to, like, shave off a piece of your brain to fun. relieve that. Yeah, it's super fun. Uh, and it relieves that pressure of, of pain. But, um, you know, now she's she, the West Coast sucks for autoimmune and it sucks for um, brain. The U.S. Issues.
0: sucks for autoimmune. Sorry. Oh,
1: it really does. And so she's looking at the East Coast right now to get another surgery. and And I'm not there yet. <laughs> but uh, in the last
0: uh, six months, it grew 0.5 millimeters. When I, <clears throat> at some point after having my baby, my body just did not recover. It had such a hard time. And I thought, that <laughs> this is it. This is the end for me. My Crohn's is off the hook. I'm having a hard time walking. I can't pick the baby up because my back hurts so bad. This is the end. And I found some writing from Thich Han where, he talks about his physical body after having a stroke and not being able to speak, I'm crying, not being able to speak to the masses the way that he once was able to. And some of the only things he was able to do was write and do walking meditation. And he wrote about finding the beauty in the moment, whatever that looks like, and finding acceptance for... Your decaying physical body in this realm, but your soul never decays, it moves on. And I found a lot of peace in that. And I, you know me, I'm very, I'm a mindfulness fangirl at this point. I think there's so much, there's so much wisdom in that. And especially for people who have chronic illnesses, yeah. you know, to just find a way to be in peace at the moment. And he also has great body meditations for pain for physical pain of like you breathing in i will i'll post one as well no you sent it to me Oh, i, I did yeah mm-hmm. did. where he talks about you know you breathe in and it's like i acknowledge this pain in my body and exhale and i smile to this pain in my body yes it's powerful
1: i feel like uh- now I'm crying. Everybody's crying. Everybody's <laughs> crying. I didn't know how to be in my body in pain. It's hard. Which is why I'm a doer. And I'll go, go, go and let me do for you so I can get the fuck out of my skin.
0: I forgot to mention that we are not, I mean, we're young people. I'm 34. How old are you?
1: 32.
0: Okay. So we're young Ladies out here, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Having having elder problems, it's it's challenging. There are challenges in that about like I can't if I go dancing all night, I suffer for days on my hips, you know. And all
1: night is like two hours, right? Correct. (laughs) 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 To clarify, that our all nights were the same. (laughs)
0: Yeah, and I hope I'm wearing tennis shoes. Like I have, I can't wear like pumps, girl, please.
1: Some vans with some gel inserts. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. Give my doctor
1: souls. <laughs> oh my gosh. So uh, last week I had therapy and my therapist and I were talking about the illness and the pain. And because recently I had Bell's palsy cause I had an ear infection that was caused by a virus that then caused Bell's palsy on the same side that I had my stroke. So I went droop again. And, um, and it was cause I didn't listen to the pain, but I was like, I didn't feel that. Pain. I have a high pain tolerance, right? And uh, what'd she say? She was like, you know, when you and your friends are older, I was like, what do you mean? And she's like, like, you know, way old, way old. Uh, You're going to have a leg up on them. And I was like, how is that helpful right now? (laughs) She's like, you're going to be like, no, no, I understand pain. I know how to deal with my body in pain. I know how to deal with, you know, uh, getting through life and working and and figuring out and using meditation, you're, you're going to be way above, you know, you're going to get to show them how. I was like, what, when they're in their 60s or 70s?
0: <laughs> Damn. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's depressing to think about. And <laughs> I've asked people when I, because my back started hurting very bad. My ankylosing spondylitis started when I was like 22. Mm-hmm. And... I of course got gaslit by doctors for a decade. Well, that's a whole nother podcast. And <laughs> yeah. We don't have time for this. <laughs> but <laughs> no, I'm telling you, the gaslit
1: and doctors.
0: But after I, I asked, I remember asking my friends or whatever, like, what is it like to not have back pain? You don't wake up in the morning stiff. You don't have trouble taking a deep breath because your back hurts. And they're like, oh, "Girl, you have a medical problem." Oh my gosh. And so I think that like that train of thinking can definitely lead you to the dark place. Yeah. Over and over and over again. Even if you have come out breath of fresh air, mindful, spiritual, blah blah blah. Oh, absolutely. If you get caught up in the train of thinking of like I'm different from my peers, my back, body, brain, blah, blah, blah it hurts, and I'm suffering, like the hyper focus on the suffering. Yeah, It pulls you right back into the dark place every time.
1: Every time. And not just, like, focusing on the suffering, but, like, I am suffer. Like, I, like, I am all of those things versus I'm experiencing all of those things.
0: Mm. The attachment. The attachment to the physical suffering. Yes. Which brings me to my next point of the solution. <laughs>
1: yes.
0: I think that... My own practice and study of detachment, um, like <clears throat> I'm not a Buddhist. I'm not going to call myself a Buddhist, but I do love Buddhism and I like to study Buddhism. I'm Native and I like to practice uh, Native culture and and sweat and the seven teachings and, and all of that. But how, I love the detachment that Buddhism teaches of... You know not attaching myself to outcomes not even to myself entering a situation as an observer yes creating space between my thoughts and my actions has been monumental in my physical health because even when i'm having a hard time my back is hurting whatever i can take a moment to acknowledge it let it be what it is and decide what i need to do and even that moment of like having the choice choice. i've like created a choice yes oh i need to lay down oh i need to do something i need to go stretch my back or whatever (laughs) i think that creating that choice for myself has provided
1: a solution absolutely i mean so November 7th, it'll be a year since I had the stroke. And then in this last year, I know it's coming up. But like what I was given from by you, right? Like through your love of meditation and the Buddhist teachings, was it I was able to throw myself into learning, right? Which uh, then got me out of my body for a minute. And then that learning created this place. Of, oh, just like my emotional pain, I can deal with my emotional pain the same way I can deal with my physical pain, which is experience it, acknowledge it. Like with my feelings, they're like little kids, right? The more I ignore it, the bigger they get. Mm -hmm. The more I ignore my pain, the more it becomes like devastating, you know, Um, whether it's ignoring or. Hyper focusing, I think both of those can make yeah. it worse. Uh, but when I can just sit in it and say, Oh, I see you. I'm in pain. That's okay. I'm ex- this is like what I'm here for. Like I'm here to experience this. It's gonna pass, it doesn't last forever. I just Nothing have painful goes. moments. Yeah. And so I'm like, I'm really, really grateful for that, to be able to, it's like going under your bed with the flashlight, finding the monsters, and then, you know, introducing yourself and saying, hi, like, I see you, and uh, we live in the same body, so let's hang out. Well, that,
0: that uh, disabled, physically challenging part of myself, right, my uh, arthritis that makes it challenging to even take a deep breath sometimes i got ankylosing spondylitis in between my motherfucking ribs and winter is coming Dude, I it. <laughs> No. but like when i when i dwell on that piece of my life and i hyper focus on my misfortunes of this life I really miss out on the things that I've been blessed with. I feel like I have an inability to widen my focus and see the other things in this life that are good.
1: Right. Like,
0: okay, Jess, you have a hard time walking and you have a bowel disorder. Girl, chill. Um, (laughs) There are other things in my life that are blessings. I probably you know, at some point I shouldn't have had a kid, you know, my body was really in a bad way. And it was like a miracle that my body like minded its P's and Q's for nine months. And I had a great pregnancy with no complications. Um, You know, I don't know. There's lots of blessings in life. We can list them for 10 years, but the more that you focus in on the things that bring you suffering, you invite more suffering in. I don't know how to explain how that works in the five minutes I have left here, but.
1: Right, well, and I mean, on a science level, right? Like energy can't be created or destroyed. It can only be transformed, right? Or transferred. So if I'm like talking negatively about my pain, my body and I'm disabled and I'm all of these things, then that energy, like, I I really do believe that's what that goes to. If I'm like, yes, I acknowledge and validate that this happened to me and it's hard and life is more difficult than it was pre-illness, however, I am capable of other things in this new body, then like that energy can be able to go towards that. And I can grow and and do more with that. And I'm grateful for it. I'm just grateful to have a spiritual practice in place and to be able to be in a place where I can learn and grow and, and, and be okay with sitting in the fucking dark place for a second and then getting back up the next day and, and not being there, you know? Well, I mean, that truly
0: is one of the benefits of shadow work is Being able to explore the shadows, explore the darkness. Uh, I'm a human being with immense trauma. I have CPSD, anxiety, depression, blah, blah, blah. And Mm. the darkness that lives in my brain, I have fought my entire life to get rid of. And I think through becoming physically ill and then having postpartum depression with the baby it really rocketed me into a place of like, okay, I need to explore this, I guess, instead of running away from it.
1: Yeah, looking at it with an inquisitive brain versus Mm -hmm. a critiquing brain.
0: Yeah, and I think that I've also been able to accept my physical limitations more knowing that the part of me that says, eh, you can't do that and you're not good enough or you used to be able to do stuff like that. What's wrong with you? You're lazy. That part of my brain that tells me that I'm not good enough for whatever reason, shadow work has allowed me to step back and look at, okay, that's not my voice. Whose voice is it?
1: Whose voice is that? Yes.
0: And once I explored whose voice that was, I was able to quiet it. Right.
1: Just giving it validation and acknowledgement that it exists calms it down for me. I mean, I'm—I I didn't say this, but I'm also a mom, and uh, and my momhood, like, I was excited about being a mom, and then all of this happened, and I, my son went and lived with his dad for six months, and I was devastated. And uh, and now that I have him back, like, my parenting's different. Mm -hmm. And how I can keep up with him. Is very different. So um, acknowledging that. And sitting in it. And then going what can I do. What am I capable of. Versus you're a piece of shit. Oh wait. That's not my voice. That didn't come from me. You know. But being aware of that is like. Huge. I, I, I think people deserve. To have that awareness of those voices are not yours right like those came from somewhere else
0: Mm -hmm. well the inquisitiveness of self-exploration is the first step to quieting those I feel like absolutely this has been so lovely thank you Emily for joining me and I don't really have a schedule to release these. These will be
1: randomly released. I <laughs> love that so much. Well, I love you and thank you for having me. And I feel like, you know, being on this podcast was just another one of our phone calls. I mean, this is literally our conversations all the time.
0: <laughs> have deep conversations with your friends, explore the depths of the universe and your psyche with your friends.
1: I'm not trying to talk about shoes, girl. No, please. Please don't tell me about your shoes. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I need I need to know how you're how you're dealing with life and the new things you're learning. And so I'm grateful Absolutely. for you.
0: This podcast is available on Spotify, Apple, some other places. Uh, in my link tree, you can find my website. I do a free shadow working group. Oh, I just want to plug that real quick. On yes. uh, November 7th, I am starting a new shadow work group, um, 8.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. You can register for this group on my website, Um, Also on my YouTube channel, I do meditations, art, therapy projects, um, all kinds of stuff. Check that out, Two Moons Wellness. Thank you so much, Emily, and until we meet again.
1: Thank you.